episode 3 of my Babaji series. In this episode we will be covering one of the key moments on my spiritual journey, the second encounter with Babaji that offered so much of clarity, so much of grace. It was a moment that quenched the thirst of so many years <laughs> and it's a very special moment in my life. Uh, here we'll be covering, first of all, Mohanji's first communion with Babaji, as described in the Babaji Beyond Definitions Part 2 blog. And after that, he will be describing this experience in Dubai that I was blessed to witness and experience directly myself. My first communion. Richard became very close to me after the incident with Kathy. Till such time he was minding his own business, ignoring everyone around him, including me. On the day of my first communion with Babaji, Richard and I were having dinner at the ashram. The guru of the ashram was traveling. Both myself and Richard were staying in adjacent rooms at the same hostel near the ashram. Kathy had left a few days earlier. Over the days, Richard and I shared our stories and experiences with each other. A deep mutual respect developed between us. He said that he could see multiple masters working through me and that touched him deeply. I kept reiterating all masters are one, and I'm an empty pot. I contain everyone. That evening, while having dinner, I suddenly received a telepathic command. Come to the puja room, room for prayer and worship. I immediately got up, did not tell anything to Richard, washed my hands and mouth, and went into the puja room. I sat down and started meditating. I thought that it was Shirdi Sai Baba who called me, as I was by then familiar with his style of communication. At that point in time, I already had several communions with Shirdi Sai Baba, receiving his guidance telepathically. His style was always abrupt and matter-affected. As soon as I prepared to meditate, the voice told me again, Do not meditate. I'm working on you. Immediately, strange bubbles started to rise from every cell of my body. I felt the bubbles rising, clustering, conglomerating, moving and bursting. It felt as if someone was massaging my insides. This went on for a few minutes. Meanwhile, the voice explained to me about my tradition, path, and the importance of the golden path. That is the path of Shiva, path of perfect beingness, 
total nullification, annihilation and dissolution. Suddenly a curiosity arose in my mind as to who is doing this and transferring all this great knowledge to me. I asked, is that you, Baba? Immediately, a glimpse of Babaji in lotus posture appeared in my inner vision, stayed for a second and disappeared. I was surprised. I never communed with Babaji before and it was not easy for me to accept that this was indeed happening. His work on me continued along with the knowledge transfer. After some time, again, the doubt formed in my mind. Am I tripping or is this really Babaji? Quite stupidly, I asked the question again. Babaji, is this really you? I cannot believe this is happening. Immediately, movement started to subside within me. The messages stopped and everything became silent. Complete silence. No movement. I felt that even my heartbeat and respiration had stopped. I sat like that for some time, all the while being aware of my transparent state and barrier-less awareness. I do not remember how much time I sat there like this. Everything, when everything subsided and stopped, after a few minutes, I got up and started walking towards my room. It was already late at night. While I walked to the gate of the ashram, which was about 300 feet away from the house with puja room, Richard was standing at the gate. As soon as he saw me, he smiled and asked, So you doubted whether it was Babaji? You can imagine my shock at that question. A man standing so far away had actually understood everything that was happening to me inside the room, and that too in silence. The whole communion was telepathic, and Richard knew it all. That was a revelation for me. I realized how strongly connected he was with Babaji. I started having better understanding about the stature of Richard and the meaning of his native silence. My respect towards him grew manifold. I also felt that his spending so much time with me and for me was Babaji's design, and I felt deeply honored. Babaji indeed takes utmost care. Babaji means kindness and compassion. A week later, we parted and I went back to Dubai. Richard went back to his temporary abode in a small town in India. And a month later, he sent me a beautiful picture of Babaji with a note. To whomever I have gifted this picture, Babaji has appeared. I can see that Babaji loves you a lot. I was deeply touched with Richard's expression of pure love. I expressed my deepest gratitude to him. In Dubai, I entered into a new job as the CEO of a logistics company. 
My financial situation was improving, but between 2005 and 2007 I had no further communion with Babaji. However, during that time I had the Shiva experience, about which I shall narrate in the third part of this trilogy. There had been great shifts within, as far as spirituality was concerned. Yet, even though it was very difficult for me to balance the spiritual evolution happening at rocket speed and the terrestrial jobs, I decided that I will work for my living. I wanted to avoid all kinds of dependency. Spirituality has always been so private and sacred for me that I decided never to sell it for my existence. Whenever someone approached me seeking knowledge or spiritual guidance, I always gave them whatever they could take without expectations, maintaining perfect purity. Purity is the spine of spirituality. I hope with the grace of the Supreme Masters that I will be able to maintain it until I shed this body. Non-violence in thought, word and action, as well as selfless service, make us established in higher spirituality beyond all man-made barriers. Thus, at the time I mentioned above, I was immersed in my own work and various spiritual exercises, subtly and benevolently guided by the Masters. I also made it a point to meet and pay reverence to the spiritual gurus in their body whenever I could. Since money was still scarce, I did not attend many paid spiritual classes. Whenever I met or interacted with any living master, I did it with absolute surrender and total dedication. Only if we empty our mind can we receive. If we approach a guru with a filled up mind, what can he contribute to us? Meanwhile, I became deeply connected with Sai Baba and had a few great experiences, such as sacred ash and nectar flowing out of my crown chakra several times and so forth. As far as possible, I kept my silence and anonymity. I never discussed my spirituality with anyone. I thought it is far too sacred to express in words, as words are too limited. My charity activities went on without any hindrance, and many people joined me in those activities from various parts of the world. However, my spiritual practices were more personal and only a few were involved. At that time, a need for introversion was taking root strongly in me, and any public display of spirituality created a shrinking feeling within. So, I kept away from the crowd and was swimming in the pool of spirituality within. I was well contented with that. During 2006-2007, many a times I felt disillusioned with the cunningness, deceit, lies, treachery and similar negativities of the urban existence. I started feeling that I am a misfit in that rat race. 
I wanted to get out of it all. Nothing that the city offered fascinated me anymore. I felt no interest in the fleeting glitters and artificial relationships of the city life. I actually went to Himalayas three times on different occasions when disillusionment reached a high pitch within me to spend the rest of my life there. Each time I was sent back with the same message. You have much to do for the world. That did not mean anything to me at that time. But I returned back each time and immersed myself in my work and charity service while I kept my spirituality literally undercover. One thing that I realized during that time was there is no need to go anywhere. Spirituality takes place wherever you are. All you need is eligibility and complete egoless surrender. Anonymity helped to check ego and stay connected. During 2006 and 2007, I often used to reach a situation of total blank state of mind. I would not even know my name or identity. I used to forget my signature. All identities would get erased. Thankfully, this state usually used to last only for a day or two. The maximum it lasted was one week. Each time it happened, I used to come out from it with a fresh consciousness. It was like a fresh butterfly coming out of a cocoon. Each such blank state used to be a shift or elevation in consciousness, and it was kind of a metamorphosis. The most difficult part was it was impossible for me to explain my state to any of my colleagues, as this was definitely not in a job description of a general manager responsible for any organization. By the grace of masters, with their protection and blessing, no mishap happened during those times of emptiness. This was another realization. Whenever a seeker is exposed to such metamorphoses, the masters take total control. They protect. This is my experience. We need not be close to any physical guru per se. The protection is guaranteed. Such shifts are of different nature in each person. Sometimes they are very drastic. In my case, before these shifts started happening, I had undergone a series of radical, life-changing events, which can be called consistent removals. I lost my only daughter in a road accident. I separated from my wife. My belongings got stolen. I lost all my savings in a property deal. I lost my job. I also contracted a nagging skin allergy, which was preventing me from sleeping or wearing certain materials on my body. I had to apply certain lotions every one hour, and it was still very painful. All in all, life became a series of bitter agonies. Usually in such times of deep, 
pain. We will be alone. I was also friendless and companionless. Thus, everything was stripped from me. All my physical comforts were removed. And yet, at this time, spirituality soared. Awareness levels reached different dimensions. Masters took care. One afternoon, after lunch, I felt that my senses were becoming dull or numb. I was in my office in Dubai. I decided to go home and rest. I got into my car and started driving home. On the way, I observed that someone was talking to me, instructing me to do a specific kind of breathing, which I did, while driving at the same time. I started diving within, more and more, into a trance-like state. Then the instruction came to shift my awareness to mind and thoughts. Soon enough, they also started subsiding. I barely managed to reach the building where I stayed, park my car and reach my room. I somehow managed to close the door and lie down on my bed facing the ceiling. The mobile phone, which was in my hand, fell on the bed. I could not switch it off or put it into silent mode. Surprisingly, my mobile phone did not ring that whole evening. Thus, Babaji took care of all aspects. I lie down staring at the ceiling in complete trance, as if paralyzed. I could not move a finger, even if I wanted to. Thus I remained from 3 p.m. till about 9 p.m. That was the longest communion that I had with Babaji. My awareness was crystal clear. Body was immobile. Babaji told me many things. Once again about my path, the tradition that I belong to, the higher unity or unity between all masters, purpose of life, and all the knowledge that I might need to continue with my mission of this life. I asked him many questions, which he patiently clarified. I do not have the permission to narrate the entire communication here nor is it necessary. Those were just clarifications and guidance, not futuristic predictions. In between, at around 8 p.m., Biba, Biliana or Devi Mohan came to visit me. I could see her parking the car in front of my building. It was only then that I noticed that in this heightened state of awareness, I had a sort of an X-ray vision and could easily see through the walls, furniture, and so forth. My apartment was on the third floor. Babaji permitted her to come and ask questions about something that was bothering her for several years. By this time, she was used to my trance states and was thus not surprised to see me in one, even though a six-hour stint was surely unusual. 
She was even allowed to write down some of the messages. By 9.30 p.m., Babaji left me. Before that, I asked him, Babaji, how can I reach you? He replied, do not worry, I will reach you. At one point in our conversation, my Anahata heart chakra expanded so much and I felt such overwhelming love towards this supreme master that I felt like articulating that to him telepathically. Babaji, I feel deep love for you. I really love you. He cut that off abruptly. Cut that nonsense. There was no time for formalities. There was nothing to give or take. It was a grand collaboration. All were a part of it. I started becoming aware of that. Thus, I reached the second level of my communion with Babaji. I realized fully, through Babaji boy, Richard and my own communion, that Babaji is just a name to call a phenomenon. He is not a man or just a guru. He is representing the God Almighty in all his subtlety. Words cannot explain him. I started realizing that I know nothing about Babaji. In fact, I know nothing at all. We cannot even fathom his stature or size. Babaji operates in various lokas or planes. He is guiding thousands of beings. He has no form or gender. We cannot restrict him to any form, any thought or any word. He is eternal. He is omnipresent. He is right here, right now. He is everywhere. As Babaji boy told me, Babaji does not exist in a body. He exists in every body. Moreover, he assumes a body which the other can identify when he needs to interact with someone and discards it as soon as he is done with his temporary requirement. Just like we wear special clothes when we, when we go out to meet people, he wears a body when he needs to interact. I hope the above narration helps the reader to have some understanding and higher awareness about the great master whom we can call Babaji for identification's sake. He is nameless, genderless, formless, and yet he exists everywhere. Thank you for being with me here and now. May Babaji bless you. Om Babaji. Love to all. Mohanji. Mohanji already had his first communion with Mahathir Babaji when I met him in January 2007 in Dubai. And I remember that moment of immense joy uh, when I first spoke to him about Babaji. As I said, I didn't have anyone to share this sacred experience with. Uh, first of all, it's so sacred that you don't feel like talking about it just like that to anyone. And secondly, there was a deep longing to share it with somebody who understands, 
who is able to relate. Uh, and more than that, with somebody who is at a higher level of spiritual awareness or understanding than me and can possibly offer me some clarity. So uh, I remember this conversation happened in the most unexpected circumstances. There was a well-being show happening um, in Dubai Trade Center. There were many stalls and there were many uh, people. And um, at that time, I was part of another spiritual organization called called Art of Living. And I was promoting uh, their uh, yoga. So I was at the stall handing out leaflets, talking to people uh, about yoga and so forth. When uh, Moranji was passing by, this was our second encounter. First was at the yoga event itself that happened a couple of weeks before that. So I wouldn't go now into all the details of our encounter and how it happened. That will be shared in my autobiography. But uh, the the moment when I saw him at this well-being show, I was so happy to, to see him again. And uh, he invited me for a tea. So we sat at one of the coffee bars at this uh, venue and casually spoke. And then somehow the topic of Babaji uh, came up. And that was the time when he shared with me his first uh, communion with Babaji and how it happened. And only after he shared uh, his, uh, I opened up and spoke about mine. And I had this huge expansion in my chest. I was so happy. I cannot explain the joy that finally, finally I meet someone who is able to understand. And that was the time I felt deeper connection uh, with Moranji and I wanted to continue meeting him. So um, that's where it all started. Even though initially none of us really thought that this was going to end in a marriage because we were not looking at each other in that way. It was more of a spiritual connection. Uh, but uh, that that's how it uh, happened later on. <laughs> and... Um, the experience that Moranji described about encounter with Moranji at the time my name was Biba. He um, mentioned that uh, he had first certain sensations in the body. He could ba barely drive his car. He was already in a, entering into sort of a trance state. And then for hours and hours this went on and he could not move one finger. So that time, uh, that was evening after office hours and everything, uh, I was living in the other part of Dubai, but not so far away, maybe 20 to 30 minutes of uh, a drive. And uh, that evening I felt like visiting Manji. Uh, so I was already free to visit him in his apartment. We have already become that close at that time. Uh, so... I just decided I sat in the car and I started driving. And I remember that while driving my car, I could feel this strong sensation on top of my head. It almost felt as if I was navigated. You know, there was like this stream of energy on top and it's navigating you through the traffic. Uh, that's how it felt. It was very blissful. And uh, I felt a lot of peace and joy while driving the car. 
And when I parked in front of his building, um, I uh, kind of um, sent him a message. And I said, uh, hey, I happen to be in front of your building. Um, are you in your body? Ha ha. I thought that this was a good joke. I laughed. Uh, because usually people say, are you at home? Because he keeps going through some astral travels and spiritual journeys. God knows what all happens in his inner space. So the joke was, I'm in front of your building. Are you in your body? <laughs> and uh, the reply came. He called. Uh, and he just said with a very funny voice, come upstairs. That, that was all. But the, the voice was very... Kind of, you could see something was going on. The voice was different. So I was intrigued. I came upstairs. Uh, I didn't ring the bell or anything. I tried. The door was opened. So I already felt the special energy. So I was being very quiet and sensitive. And I tried. The door was open. I opened the door, quietly entered. The door to his room was not even closed. It, there was a small gap. So I could just push it with my finger and I entered nobody was there I didn't encounter anybody at the entrance to the building uh, he, he he lived on the third floor and he had a landlady who would usually greet me she was not there it was a special energy altogether while entering and then when I entered the room there was a really amazing scene I will never forget he was lying down on the bed as if he fainted, you know, almost, but the face was so blissful, he, he was shining in a golden uh, shimmer, uh, <laughs> this is the first time I saw that, you know, sometimes um, ladies apply during the summer, there's this fashionable shimmer thing that, that you can put, like a, with, a, with a brush, you can put the shimmer on the face um, to, to make it look fresh and uh, upbeat. Well, he had this golden shimmer all over his body. And especially the face and especially the eyelids were so golden and so glossy and shiny. I couldn't believe my eyes. I, I immediately became quiet. Um, and I simply asked, it's okay if I'm here. He says, it's okay. Babaji's here. When he said that, my heart stopped. <laughs> so I was totally, um, I mean, I knew it already, but I just didn't have time to process it at the level of the mind. Um, so I just stood there and I sat next to him and um, waited. And I just simply enjoyed the energy. My mind became so still as well. And I had this, immense gratitude that I could be there and witness this moment and um, then one thought came okay this is the time when I can clarify was it really him in the desert because this was eating me from inside you know this doubt it's one of those doubts that are unbearable because you cannot Settle with the experience until you have that final confirmation. Because uh, when I understood who Babaji was, who Babaji is in the eternal now, I could not accept that 
I actually experienced Babaji in the desert, in my astral experience. So it was bothering me a lot. And I just had to, I had to clarify. So I could understand that Babaji speaks through Mohanji. Um, before I asked him anything, he, he already communicated a couple of things about our path. And all I remember is that he said, this is a golden path. Yours is a royal path. And he spoke about our path, our spiritual path, and offered clarity. And uh, whatever he said was brief, but very profound, uh, with, with different dimensions of meaning. And then the thought in my mind arose uh, to ask him. So I couldn't, I couldn't control it, I had to ask. So I asked Manji, can I ask something? So he said, go ahead. So I asked in a very shy way, <laughs> Babaji, was it really you that day in the desert when I met you astrally? And my heart was beating because I was feeling really shy to ask this, <laughs> as you can imagine. And then there was silence. All I could fear, uh, hear was my heartbeat. And then Babaji spoke through Manji's mouth and said, Do you feel the answer in your heart? And then my heart exploded, literally, and I cried. And I cried and I said, Babaji, I know it was you. I just know this was so real. This is like more real than my life. But my mind was bothering me. My mind was bothering me about this. And uh, then he said, if you know it is real, then why do you doubt? So that cleared everything. And uh, the love that I felt in that moment was immense. Then I uh, continued writing what he was saying. This went on for quite some time. I, I don't know, at least a couple of hours, I think. And uh, we didn't have the feeling of uh, time and space. And Moranji told he was uh, able to see through the walls and he and like x-ray vision and a huge expansion. And his body was so soft and uh, kind of that the trance state was very intense. And um, I also felt this huge intensity. It's like uh, energy that grips you into the present moment. There is no feeling of time. There is no mind activity aside from this question that arose in my mind about actually confirming my Babaji experience there were no other thoughts I was simply there present with my spine straight noting down everything that he was saying and just soaking in that energy being in that intensity and I remember it was a full uh, page that I wrote uh, a four size paper was full of notes that I took. I folded that paper and put it in my handbag. And it was uh, already late. I had to go back because uh, it was a working day. I was going to office the next day. So only next day in the office, I decided to open the paper and read through the notes. And I started searching for it in different compartments of my handbag, but it was nowhere to be found. 
and I was 100% sure that I folded the paper and put it in my handbag. And then I even started searching around my table in my drawers, just maybe unconsciously I moved it from, from my handbag, but I knew it was not true. And uh, it was gone. The paper dematerialized, and uh, it was not meant to stay in the written form, whatever that I wrote down. So from all that he spoke, all I remember, the only thing I remember was his confirmation about my meeting with him in the desert and that he said that you are on a royal path, the golden path. Uh, as I said, this has many meanings. It doesn't mean we are supposed to live in a castle and wear royal robes. Um, and Monji explained this in many ways to us later, what the royal path is. So who is royal? Um, somebody who can remain in that centeredness no matter what happens somebody who feels complete inner fullness and needs nothing from the outside world the feeling of I have everything and I need nothing including recognition fame or anything that the world can offer that's royalty and um, Golden, we, we know that the golden energy is the highest energy, that the gold is uh, purified in the, in the fire of life. And once gold becomes gold, nothing can make it dirty again. There is no fall from that stature. And uh, golden energies of the purest, unconditional love, complete selflessness and service to humanity. So only that much, <laughs> a tall order, indeed. I will never forget this day and this experience. And um, I'm forever, forever grateful on this grace. <laughs>